It's now time for the Billy C Show. Part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. Coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero. It's time for the Talking Boxing with Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening. We're about to do uh, our uh, post uh, Lopez Lomachenko uh, post fight show. Post, post. I said post a few times. Um, I, I just want to start with I'm a little rusty, man. Uh, glad to be back. Uh, we haven't uh, done a show uh, for uh, a few months uh, due to uh, COVID. Plus, I got to be honest, uh, the other reasons were I've been turned off, man. I've been turned off by uh, uh, what's going on in the world. Uh, I've been turned off by what's going on in the sports world. Uh, turned off by the athletes. Um, turned off by COVID. Uh, you know, uh, I just got to get a couple of things off my chest, and then uh, we'll uh, we'll roll as normal, man. You know, here's the thing. Um, I'm disappointed in the fact that um, our lives have changed so drastically uh, over the last, uh, uh, you know, five, six months uh, due to the pandemic. Um, you know, I- I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I believe it's, uh, you know, not true or anything because, uh, of course, it's true. Um, but what bothers me is is the fear uh, that it's generated and, and uh, some people in the media and sports uh, have, have instilled the fear uh, of this on us. And it's almost like uh, people were expected to stay in their houses uh, until... Uh, uh, this past and and you know I, you know I, especially in this sport of boxing the stronger fighters survive um, stronger people survive and I don't just mean to beat a pandemic I mean mentally um, what is what message does it send to have us run and hide and wait for everything I mean listen I've said this to anyone that's talked to me about it if if there was a plague outside and you step one foot outside and you take a breath of air and you drop dead I'd be the first to tell everybody to stay the hell in their house, okay? But, you know, with this, it, it's very, uh, it's, it's, it's depressing. And it's depressing to see everybody with masks. And it's depressing to watch sporting events with no fans, especially the sport of boxing. Let me tell you something. If you've never seen a live boxing event, um, there's no other sporting event that you can get more out of watching live than professional boxing. You know, with the uh, technology changes and stuff, other sports like football and and baseball and and hockey to a degree, um, you know, you can watch on television and see other camera angles and and replays and uh, so on and so forth, which which enhances uh, the the, um, experience of, of watching it. Boxing, although you can, uh, you know, pause it as well, um, boxing is a different kind of sport. You, you got to be there. You got to feel the energy, especially if you're sitting ringside or in the first 10, 12 rows or so. There's nothing like it. And once you see it, you, you're going to want to see live boxing. 
a lot of that has to do with the fans, the live fans. Now, I'm not suggesting that sports should just go away until the pandemic is over, um, but it is very depressing. And for someone like me, it's depressing to watch uh, when I know that there's no fans, that these fighters are performing uh, in front of uh, a skeleton crew, if you will. And, and make no mistake, the energy that is given by the fans to fighters and other athletes and other sports is genuine. And without it, we're not seeing the best of the best. I'm sorry, we're just not. Uh, and, and one last thing I, I want to mention, and then we're going to move on. I'm not going to say anything again. You know, I, I, there's a lot going on with protests and what have you. And everybody has a right to believe whatever they want politically. Um, but, you know, I, I want to talk specifically about the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, listen, the initial BLM uh, reasons for coming out, uh, uh, racial and social injustice, um, I support 100%. I, I don't believe that there's room in our world today for uh, racism, uh, prejudice, etc., and I believe in, in my heart and in the world I live in that everyone is equal, no matter what uh, the color of your skin is, the, your, your race, your beliefs, uh, politically, uh, anything. However, I, I, I can't believe that the original people that were involved with the, the BLM movement is supportive of some of the other stuff that's going on in that name. In other words, you know, to support and to protest, whether you're going to kneel or whatever, I, that, that's neither here nor there. That's up to the individual, in my opinion. But to burn places down and, and, and rob, and you know, that, that just seems to me that there's people that are taking advantage of a situation. And I'm shocked that the leaders of the BLM movement aren't standing up and saying something against that. Um, I, it just it bothers me. Uh, I support uh, the original movement. I don't support uh, people robbing and burning places down. I mean, their own neighbor's business. I mean, it makes no sense. Anyway, let's talk about boxing, man. Enough of that. Uh, last night, we got to see uh, the uh, Vasily Lomachenko and uh, uh, Teofimo Lopez fight. It was a good one. It was a good one. Um, I personally scored the fight 115-113. Uh, in favor of Teofimo Lopez. Um, unlike the announcing crew, uh, I gave round uh, two to Lopez. I thought it was a close round. Uh, at the end of the night, I gave rounds uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, and 12 to Lopez. I gave rounds seven, eight, nine, 10, and 11 uh, to Vasily Lomachenko. My thoughts on the fight, listen, Vasily Lomachenko is a great fighter. He's a pound-for-pound -pound fighter, and I don't think that status has changed after last night. I'm sorry. I don't. Uh, but um, what I did see is I saw a fighter in Lomachenko that may have bit off more than he can chew, and, and not just because of Teofimo Lopez, because I'm not taking anything away from Lopez at all. I'll get to him in a second. Uh, but L L Lomachenko, um, he clearly was the smaller guy. Uh, it, we saw it as he took on uh, lightweights. He, he didn't seem to have that, that devastating punch, um, which, I, I mean, it was an accumulation type of a, a, a knockout that he would give anyway. Uh, but, you know, what you, people get knocked out by punches they don't see. And Lomachenko generally 
uh, is that guy. Now, as he moved up to lightweight, you know, he's fighting bigger and stronger guys, and that piece of the puzzle left his arsenal. Uh, he still was uh, outboxing people and out finessing them, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but last night he faced a young gun, man. Uh, Tiafimo Lopez is a young gun. There's no question about it. Um, the thing that impressed me about Lopez last night was his ability to box and take what was given to him. Vasily Lomachenko gave him the first half of that fight in hopes that they would tire him out. But Tiafimo Lopez was smart. He didn't extend all his energy. He did seem to get a little winded towards the end, uh, but he came on extremely strong in the 12th round. And Lomachenko, because of the size and because of Lopez's power, had to respect it. And uh, that, that round was uh, the deciding factor in the fight, in my opinion, and on my scorecard. Now, I wouldn't have argued at all with a draw uh, like Dre, you know, Dre. Uh, more commonly known as Andre Ward, uh, now known as Dre. Uh, you know, he he had given uh, the uh, second round uh, to, uh, uh, to Lomachenko, and I, I wouldn't have disagreed uh, by seeing that fight end up being 114-114. Um, like I said, I scored at 115-113 in favor of Lomachenko. I mean, I'm sorry, in, in favor of Lopez. Uh, the official scores, I, I honestly believe, even though one of them was only one point away from mine, I think they were out of line, man. 116-112, I don't think it was a 116-112 fight. I, I don't think you can tell me that, that Lopez won eight rounds. I'm sorry. I, I just don't see it. Um, you know, 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11 clearly were Lomachenko's rounds. I, 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 don't, I, I really don't see any question. I don't see those rounds uh, being close, although I did make a note in round 10 that that was a close round. Maybe that was the deciding round for that one judge. But then you look at the other two. Uh, Weisfeld, 117-111, that's a little uh, over the top. But over the top, over the top, in other words, giving uh, uh, 11 of 12 rounds, 119-109, Julie Letterman. I, I, I mean, listen, uh, she's either blind or she's on the take. <laughs> I mean, no disrespect to the late, great Harold Letterman, uh, but that was a horrific score. That was a horrific score. I mean, I, you know, I, I just I, I can't believe it, to be honest with you. Um, it, it really bothered me. And uh, the truth of the matter is, is that uh, it, it's one of those negative um, things on the sport of boxing. And it's, it's sickening. It, it really is. It's, it's totally sickening, uh, in my opinion. But uh, uh, in any event, that's the way it was. I thought it was an exciting fight. Uh, there was no question about it. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens with... Uh, uh, with um, Lomachenko at this point. Uh, we all know that, uh, um, you know, Lopez uh, is going to be uh, rocking and rolling now, uh, undisputed uh, champion, uh, and rightfully so. Uh, I think that he deserves all the accolades he can. And speaking about getting uh, the credit where credit's due, both of these fighters deserve uh, to get credit for fighting each other. Um, later on in the show, uh, I will go over uh, some things that, uh, in my opinion, um, you know, uh, took place 
and uh, you know, I, whereas other fighters and stuff are, are ducking, uh, you know, uh, the good fights or what have you. You can't say that these two guys ducked each other. It was a great matchup, and uh, I, I thought the right guy won. I just was very unhappy uh, with the uh, with the scores. Now, uh, coming up next, uh, being brought to you by my book, okay? Uh, and if you don't have a copy of Tom Molino, uh, get yourself a copy today, uh, is my man uh, Dax Khan. And uh, we'll be with Dax right now. Good morning, Dax. Good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well, man. Great to be back. Great to have you back. And uh, uh, what did you think of the fight last night, man? I thought it was a good fight, and I was surprised, I think like most people were, um, exactly at um, how good uh, uh, Lopez boxed. Um, I think we all expected Lopez to come out there and uh, be a brawler. We expect him to be a slugger and so on. Um, but, you know, he did everything off the script, and which is what made him so successful in this fight. The scores, as you already mentioned, were preposterous. But, um, again, like I said... Lopez really matured in this fight, and he showed a lot of things in this fight that he hadn't shown in recent fights. Yeah, he had patience, um, and he took advantage of what what I said earlier, is Lomachenko was giving him those early rounds, and I thought that uh, Lopez was smart to take advantage of it. He won those rounds. I, I, I disagreed with uh, the announcing team giving... Uh, Lomachenko round two. I thought it was close enough. I actually, I, I wrote notes, uh, you know, during my uh, watching the fight in the scorecard that I thought the fight was, that round was close, but I still gave that one to uh, to Lopez. I ended up scoring, I don't know what your card looked like, Dax, but I ended up giving rounds uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, and 12 to Lopez and seven, eight, nine, 10, and 11 to Lomachenko. H how did your card uh, pan out? I had it much closer than um, they had. Actually, my official card was I had um, 115. One, I had um, Lopez up by two rounds. I had 116, 114. I mean, yeah. 115, 113. I'm sorry. Right. That's what I scored it. 115, 113 for Lopez. You had it for Lopez? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I had it for Lopez. And that's, you know, again, mainly just to do with the fact that Lomachenko, he had such a late start. Yeah, no, he clearly won those. In, in my opinion, the rounds that I scored him, I, I don't think were, were questionable. I thought that he won those rounds. Uh, but what, what the hell's going on with Judy Letterman? I mean, is, is she on the take or is she blind? I mean, that, I, tr truthfully, I, I disagreed with all three scores, although uh, the one judge, 116-112, I mean, I, you know, that means you just gave one of the rounds I thought were clearly Lomachenko's to uh, Lopez. But the other two, Weisfeld and, and Letterman, they're they're off base, man. To suggest Letterman basically gave every round to Lopez except for one. I mean, what's up with that? Yeah, I, I don't. Um, I couldn't understand that exactly how that happened, or I couldn't. Um, I mean, what was? I've never in my life that I can remember, you know, one nineteen, one oh nine without a knockdown. Right, right. I mean, I, you know. Now listen. One thing I will say, and I'll try to defend her. Okay. Um, and it has nothing to do with the fact that she's Harold's daughter. But the truth of the matter is, is one time we watched ESPN, did it once or twice, and they never did it again. Uh, but uh, they showed us different camera angles from the judge. Remember when they had the little cameras stuck on the judge's head? 
and right. uh, um, you know they showed different angles and they, and they were able to show uh, a knockout or a knockdown or a, a solid punch. I, I forget uh, the different uh, 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 situations that they showed, but it did look different from the three perspectives, from the three views. All I could say is maybe Julie Letterman was sitting in, in one of the judges' chairs that she wasn't able to see when Lomachenko was nailed. Because when Lomachenko nailed Lopez, to me, Dax, it was no doubt. I mean, his head snapped back, and they were flush punches. Uh, they were flush punches. And at those moments when it happened, you were saying to yourself, okay, Lomachenko is going to turn it up now. And then all of a sudden, he just wasn't throwing any punches, which was very uh, confusing. I don't know uh, for whatever reason that was, but even the, but when he did throw punches, everything he threw, he landed, and he landed cleanly. And everything he landed, despite the fact that 135 isn't his best division. I mean, Lomachenko's never been a one-punch guy in the first place. But everything he landed, when it did land, it did seem to bother Teofimo Lopez. So it's not as though he wasn't being effective with those punches that he was landing. It just wasn't that he was... Um, he wasn't being uh, it wasn't the volume of punches that were being uh, that were effective you know just like um when the odd part you know when it comes to the stats is when you look at uh, the uh, how those punches were calculated uh lopez certainly um beat him in the um the power department he landed 148 out of 364 but he only landed 35 jabs out of 295 and um definitely um Lomachenko landed more body shots, believe it or not. Yeah, well, I, I it, towards the end, he was. But Loma, uh, Lopez was landing uh, body shots, too, that I, I thought uh, would wear down Lomachenko. He didn't seem to be worn down. I, I just think that he gave too many rounds away. I think their game plan was to tire Lopez out, and I, I credit to Team Lopez. They were smart. In, uh, in not taking that bait. They, they, they took what that was given to them, and I thought that that was uh, a great move. Now, I, I can't um, – you won't see it at this point, but right now up on the uh, screen, uh, and our live audience on, on Facebook obviously isn't seeing the, the TV version, but I have the three scorecards. Um, and Julie Letterman uh, basically um, scored every round except for the 11th in favor of Lopez. Every round except the 11th, she gave uh, Lopez. Um, so I, I, thought that, uh, I thought that that was uh, uh, kind of crazy, in my opinion. It was kind of crazy. Um, and not that um, Lomachenko dominated any round at any point in time, but Lomachenko was winning rounds. Um, I, you know, and again, like I said, I don't know what Lomachenko was waiting for and why he had such a delay before he got started, but when he did get going, he was going and he was being so effective. And, you know, that concerns me about Teofimo Lopez from here on out and not taking anything away from uh, the win of Teofimo Lopez, but I noticed something that his father was saying in that fight that he was saying in the... Um, when uh, Lomachenko had for uh, Nakatani, when um, he was talking about how to jump on 
Lomachenko, how to try and take him out, you know, take him out. And he was saying the same thing about Nakatani. If you remember in that fight, he's saying Nakatani, he's ready to go, he's ready to go. Meanwhile, Nakatani wasn't even phased by any of these punches that uh, Lo uh, Lopez was landing. Lopez is the one that actually looked uh, uh, more of a mess at the end of that fight than Nakatani did. I don't know. What do you think in, in that, um, from here going forward, now that... Uh, Teofimo Lopez has all four belts, and now that he has other challenges, bigger challenges ahead of him, not that there's really a bigger challenge than Lomachenko, but he has, you know, other young, hungry, strong fighters ahead of him, do you think that maybe, and especially knowing that their little rocky background, this is the time for him to get rid of his father, this is more or less a time where his father is going to be more detrimental to his career than beneficial. Who, Lopez's father? Yes. I don't know, man. I I don't know. I, I don't know where you're coming from with that because he just was arguably in the biggest fight of his life, and we got to give his pops some kind of credit uh, for helping put the game plan together. I mean, uh, uh, Joey Gamash is in the corner as well. Um, I, I think that, I thought they worked well together. What's missing in your opinion? What's missing in my opinion is I think, honestly, that, yes, they have done – well, so far, for example, take um, Felix Trinidad Sr., I mean, you know, Tito and Sr., you know, there only goes to an extent, and Lopez, more or less, when his father's around, even if you've seen that last, um, that last press conference, Lopez would continuously look over to his father when he spoke, and whether or not it was replying to a Lopez comment or replying to a question, as if he was always worried about his father's approval. And there has been a few fights, and again, I stress last night when he was telling him to jump on Lomachenko, and Lopez, you can see that he knew better. He knew that Lomachenko wasn't tired. He knew Lomachenko was uh, ready. He's seen those big punches trying to come. And in the Nakatani fight, the other fight where he went the distance, and Lopez, you know, he won that fight. But again, he did take a lot of punishment in that fight, more than he took last night. Meanwhile, in round six and round seven, you have... Lopez's father going, he's ready to go. Jump, he's ready to go. Knock him out. He's knock him out. Where are you seeing this? No, I listen. Sometimes, uh, you know, in, in the corner, there uh, corner men have a tendency, and you know this with with even uh, working with the the kids, is that sometimes different fighters respond to different types of rah rah. You know, um, I, you know, I don't think. I, he never looked. Lomachenko, you know, if your your point is taken, because Lomachenko never looked like he was ready to go. He did look like he got stunned a couple of times, and I don't mean stunned in terms of like he was wobbly and ready to go down, but uh, you know, like a zinger. You know, like he got a shot and he was like, "Ooh, I felt that one." I I saw that, but on you know, on his in his defense, Lomachenko's Lopez got stunned a few times too. I I think that this is a a, a total. Uh, example of youth versus age, even though Lomachenko doesn't have a lot of miles on him. I mean, look, you know, 397 amateur fights, 396 and one, and uh, now uh, uh, whatever it is, 15, 16 pro fights uh, under his belt. Teofimo Lopez, uh, nowhere near uh, that kind of of uh, experience, uh, total experience in the ring. Plus, he's, uh, what, what is he, 10 years younger, almost 10 years younger? Um, so... I think it was a clear indication of youth versus uh, age and the bigger man against a smaller man. That could be very well, but you mentioned another valid point that's concerning is how 
Lopez, again, and I keep bringing up the Nakatani fight because we've seen the same thing against Lomachenko, and Nakatani hits a whole lot harder than Lomachenko does, I promise you, is that when Teofimo Lopez gets hit cleanly, he kind of, he, you know, he kind of doesn't know what to do. He holds, um, you know, which of course, you know, is the smart thing to do, but he almost looks surprised that he gets hit cleanly. Almost um, when Lomachenko was landing clean shots and just the jabs, it was more or less in Teofimo Lopez's mind as if this isn't going by the script. Now, what's going to happen when you bring up something in very uh, valid and important with, you know, with the age? What's going to happen if that, sh if those situations should arise? If he's in there against a, a Devin Haney, he's in there against a, a Ryan Garcia, and, and so on. Or if he's in there against, and um, I put out a um, more or less a troll uh, post on Facebook last night saying that I don't care if it was Lomachenko or if it was Lopez, the way either one of these guys performed, if they were in there against Tank Davis, either one of them would have got knocked out. How, what would happen then if he gets caught with a shot from one of these younger, faster guys that are hard to move, that hit hard, and he's not able to grab and hold him, but meanwhile the father is over in the corner going, they're ready to go, they're ready to go. You know, so if they're not ready to go, don't tell them they're ready to go. And especially when you see your fighter is fighting a smarter fight than you're telling him to. Yeah, no, I understand your point. I understand your point. I, I, I just, you know, you, it, you always have to wonder what goes on. I mean, we've talked about Danny Garcia and his father, Angel Garcia. And, you know, it's shocking to see that that relationship is still strong, um, considering all the noise that that Angel makes. But... You know, uh, Danny Garcia, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Mikey Garcia uh, seemingly has learned to, uh, I'm, I'm wrong, Danny Garcia. I'm Danny getting, Garcia. I'm getting confused with the Garcias. It's been a long time. I'm a little rusty, Dax, you know. I know, and it's, and it's early morning. I know. I, I guess I get. I guess I get a little past, but uh, not, you know, I, I, as long as people don't say I'm not politically correct. But anyway, um, you know, with uh, Danny Garcia's father, I mean, a lot of times you, you're hearing all kinds of stuff, and, and Danny's been able to, you know, decipher what to listen to in a sense and what not to listen to. Maybe that's something that's being developed with uh, Lopez and his pops, you know. It's completely the opposite in Lomachenko's corner and in his world because Papachenko is, uh, uh, is the guy who uh, says and uh, Vasily does, you know. And maybe their game plan uh, just wasn't put together. Maybe, maybe Vasily wait, uh, waited too long, you know. I, I don't know. I, I think the fight... The winner, the right no, guy. I really do believe that the jab, which played a pivotal role in this, that that surprised Lomachenko. And I think the speed surprised Lomachenko. Nobody really expected Lopez to be that fast, meaning, you know, the Lomachenko team. And nobody really expected Lopez to be that composed. Most people, um, whether or not it was... Um, fighters, whether or not it was trainers and whether or not it was fans or whether or not it was writers, most people pretty much had the same pick that Lopez has to come out and he has to get Lomachenko early or Lomachenko is going to do what Lomachenko normally does. He's going to uh, figure out his rhythm. He's going to figure out his pattern. He's going to take over and he's going to win by unanimous decision. Or maybe he might even put, uh, make Lopez quit on the stool. This wasn't really a moment that Lopez was ready for. But you know what, Lopez, and yeah, you have to credit the father, you have to credit uh, Gamanch for the um, 
the um, game plan that they came up with. But again, as we have seen, I have seen and noticed in several other fights, there are times where Lopez seems to know a little bit more than his father um, when it's time to do something and when it's not time to do something. And Lopez has verbally expressed several times that, you know, the relationship between his father is kind of rough and that, you know, he wishes sometimes that his father would learn how to just be a dad rather than a coach and so on and so forth. And I just see it getting worse as time goes on, especially when you look at that last head-to-head meeting that they had and he kept looking over at his father. What successful father-son uh, duo or what successful duo that's not a father-son, uh, what successful um, trainer and fighter duo, um, not father and son, have you ever seen the fighter keep looking over for approval from the trainer? And you've never seen that from Danny Garcia. Danny Garcia has never looked over to Angel and waiting to see if Angel approves of anything that Danny has said. Well, I don't know, Dax. You know, I, I think I, Lopez is young. He's 23 years old. And I think that, um, you know, the trust he puts in his father. And, and I think that they discussed what to say, how to say it. This is how we're going to do it, whether it was all his father, whether... Uh, it was other members of the team. I, I, I don't know. But I think that that was more of an indication of why he kept uh, looking over at him. I, listen, I agree with you. And in a lot of cases, uh, the fighter sees the opponent better than anyone else. Even though the trainer sometimes can see things that a fighter can't in terms of openings and, and what would work, what wouldn't work. You know, we all know that. But at the end of the day, the two guys that are fighting each other see what's going on better. You know, Lopez can see if Lomachenko is truly hurt or see if he's getting tired or, or you know, see that better because he's, he's a couple of feet away. Um, so I, I don't know. I think time will tell. This is, we're talking about a young fighter who, who really matured a bit last night because he, he was calm, cool, and collective, which we normally don't see with Lopez. He's, he's out there for the kill. And uh, last night, I, whether it was the respect for Lomachenko or not, uh, he fought a smart fight. And if, as far as Lomachenko, they waited too long. They really did. They waited uh, a little too long to, to turn up the heat. And uh, I, I have to give Lopez credit. Listen, I, I thought Lomachenko was going to win the fight. Um, but I have to give Lopez credit uh, because he was smart and he took what was given and he took advantage of it. And he won the fight. I mean, it wasn't uh, the way the judges saw it. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, but at the end of the day, I scored it the same as you. 115-113 for Lopez. He deserved the win. I th You know, it kind of reminded me at times a little bit of Canelo versus Triple G, where Triple, in, in meaning, you know, in uh, when you looked at the two fighters, where Triple G was expecting one version of Canelo, but Triple G got a different version of Canelo, and I think that more or less kind of worked out the same with uh, Lomachenko and Lopez. Lomachenko was expecting one version of Lopez, and he got a different version of Lopez. And you know, just to finish this out on the, you know the father. It does again. I stress, even if it wasn't a father-son relationship. It cannot work out where you're worrying about pleasing the corner man, pleasing your father, pleasing your trainer, and concentrating on the fight itself. You know, you can't be in a big fight. He couldn't be in there against a Devin Haney. He couldn't be in there against a Tank Davis and have to worry about 
whether or not he's going to do exactly what his father said, even though he knows it's wrong because he doesn't want to cause anything later on. Or you know what? He's trying to put some trust into his father because it's his father and he's agreeing, okay, you know what? It's my dad. Maybe he does see something I don't. So I'm going to go and I'm going to do what he says because against, uh, again, you know, younger opponents, strong opponents, fast opponents, you know, it can end up a disastrous for him. You know, that, that's just my opinion, you know, from here on out. You know, we'll have to see, you know, uh, time will only tell. But, you know, I do believe for him to go to that next level, he's going to have to get rid of his father. The, um, and if you ever notice with Lopez, when Teofimo Lopez acts like Teofimo Lopez acts, he's a total different person. You know, he's, he's, uh, uh, he's likable. He's respectable. When Lopez Sr.'s around, then that's when all of a sudden Teofimo Lopez Jr. is coming out with the, the insults, he's cursing, he's saying stuff like um, he wants to kill him in the ring, and so on and so forth. So you're obviously seeing that influence on him, and it's for the negative. And they have talked about, and honestly, Teofimo Lopez is going to have to move up in weight very soon, because I don't think he's going to be able to hold this 135-pound um 135 pound um, weight too much longer because it's going to drain him. If they don't make some adjustments and they don't bring in somebody else where they teach him on how to react once getting hit, once he gets maybe buzzed a little bit, um, doing more than just holding, um, you know, instead of having this look on his face where he's not quite sure on why isn't this going according to the script that I was given. Can you imagine how disastrous that would play out against somebody like a Regis Progre, a Jose Zapata, Jose Ramirez, or a Josh Taylor? Or especially if they're talking about, and they had mentioned several times at 147, can you imagine um, him going in there and pausing against somebody like a Virgil Ortiz Jr.? I, I don't know, Dax. It's it's a tough argument only because he was in there with a pound-for-pound pound top guy last night. You know, and he did I, – I, I see holes, too. I, I get your point. I see holes. You know, he keeps his hands uh, down. He, he's not really in defensive mode. And that that's youth. You know, his reflexes are at the, at the top of their game, so to speak. And, uh, you know, he was in there with, with arguably one of the best fighters on the planet, pound-for-pound. And he came out on top, so I, I'm not taking I'm not taking anything away from the win. I'm not. I'm talking about the future from here on out. Oh no! Well, what the future. What always... he's going to have to do to be successful, you know, if it was a great win, or who, or even if the rematch, what he may have to do for the rematch. Um, use a, use a uh, uh, Tyson Fury for example. Look how well when Tyson Fury fought Deontay Wilder for the first time, um, and things didn't go according to that script that Deontay Wilder and his team expected. Um, you know, they got the draw. The only thing, the only time uh, Tyson Fury was really in trouble was that 12th round. And then look what happened when Tyson Fury went and he changed trainers. He got a different corner. He went back over to Kronk. He went with uh, Javon Sugar Hill. And then look at the way he dominated. Um, Deontay Wilder, Deontay Wilder and the team had no idea how to respond. Same thing with the team that Lopez has because Lopez has been so dominant with that power and he has won so well and he has had such highlight real knockouts. It's almost as if the team themselves, they don't know what to do and they don't even know how to teach him to adjust because they're relying on the power almost more than Lopez himself is, which I think Lopez proved last night that he knows he doesn't just have to rely on his power. No, I, I, you just made a great point, and, and I can't argue with you at all. I just think that, you know, now Lopez, although he, he was, you know, in the spotlight going into this fight, he's really in the spotlight now. And you're right. You're 100% right. It's time to see what kind of adjustments they're going to make. They're going to, if they have the rematch, we're going to see what Lopez comes in. If he has the same game plan, he's not going to win again. 
because all Lomachenko really has to do is turn on the gas earlier, you know. Um, so, like you mentioned, Tyson Fury, you know, should he come with a different game plan uh, and keep Lomachenko? I mean, very rarely do you see Lomachenko uh, as the guy wondering what he has to do. I, I, and not so much that he was in that position last night, uh, but what he did do was not enough. It, it's more what he didn't do. Um, and at the end of the day, although I, I, I hear all the complaints and see all the complaints about the scoring, at the end of the day, uh, Team Lomachenko has to look in the mirror and blame it on themselves. And Team Lopez, they get to look in the mirror and say, you know, we followed our game plan and we have all the belts. Absolutely. Um, and I think maybe that Lomachenko gave a little bit too much respect to the power of Lopez. You know, that's always a possibility because Lopez does have dynamite power. Take nothing away from it, but the most impressive part about last night is Lopez proved he doesn't always have to rely on his power like a lot of these young upcoming guys do. Lopez has a plan B. But, you know, for Lopez to get to that next level in terms of when he moves up in weight and when he's going against guys that are his age, guys that have a plan A and a plan B, guys that are just as relentless, if not more relentless than what he is, you know what? He's going to have to have somebody in there to give him a plan C. Good point. And, uh, you know, and um, my, my mistake on the... Um, you know the stats before um but i believe yeah it was um you know even though lopez threw a lot more and i thought the the jab was the big difference maker but according to um um stats he actually landed less jabs than lomachenko even though he landed uh more body shots than lomachenko because he threw twice as many did it seem like that to you or no i thought that lopez landed more power shots and more body shots the only uh, stat the that, jab, though, didn't it look like, especially that first half of the fight, didn't it look like he uh, he landed a whole lot more jabs? You know, I, I, rounds, I, you know, the total punches in the, in the rounds. Lomachenko lands one in the in the first round. They only landed two in the third round. Um, six in the seventh round. Then you know, in the uh, the eighth round, and from there on up, you know, he really he really picked it up. But um, again, you know, so I don't know if. Uh, like you were stating before, it's a valid point. Sometimes they can see something at their angle that we can't. Um, you know, but you know, in terms of judges, you, you mentioned Judy Letterman and um, that nonsense. Uh, I don't know; um, they didn't show it here, but earlier on in the evening, um, there was that Rich and Vasquez fight over in the UK, and they actually had a judge that was caught on Sky TV playing on his phone, whether or not he was texting, whether or not he was um, watching a video or something like that. So you know. You know, this this is what happens in um, in boxing, and I think the boxing overall, going by that fight and going by uh, the Judy Letterman, going by the uh, Adelaide Bird scorecards that always seem to be horribly wrong. Not Judy Letterman so much, but Adelaide Bird. I think some serious adjustments need to be made here, you know, with these judges. I think, you know, it's time to uh, not only as we're bringing a new generation of young fighters to take over a new era, I think it might be time to bring a new generation of judges. Yep, judges, referees, the whole the whole kit and caboodle. Dax, great points, and uh, welcome back. And I look forward to next time, my man. Yes, you know, it was great to be back. And uh, like you said, was not expected for today. Um, the, the time didn't have everything all set up like we usually do. So next time we come back, things will be better. <laughs> so Well, you know what? Again, you I'm, know, I'm I'm working on some other things uh, in in uh, response to the email that uh, we had, uh, the group email we had the other day. So uh, I'll talk to you about that later in the week. 
All right, everybody, and enjoy your day. And again, you know, congrats to Lopez. He certainly earned that win, and I'm excited to see him against one of the other top names in the division because he is certainly, you know, going to be one of those guys we're going to be talking about a lot in the future. No doubt. Talk to you soon, Dax. That's Dax Khan, and uh, you can check out his uh, uh, column up on uh, BillyCBoxing.com, and hopefully uh, you guys have been uh, uh, maintaining visiting uh, the website. Um, I, you know, I, I also don't want you to forget uh, about uh, Kenny Bears. Uh, Southern, Southern Gourmet Spice. Check it out, southerngourmetspice.com. Uh, Kenny Bears, you know, the two newest uh, uh, products that Kenny Bears uh, has, or I should say Southern Gourmet Spice has, uh, is their uh, uh, seasoned salt and their Cajun seasoning. I, I love these two. Uh, my man, uh, uh, Kenny, I, I got to order some more, man, because I'm out uh, of the uh, general uh, all-purpose uh, salt, which is fantastic. I put it on everything. And that Cajun stuff, I, I, you know, he waited. You know, the, the Kenny Bears, the original Kenny Bears is great. I mean, you know, everybody that uh, uses it, I don't know what he puts in it, but it, it's addictive, okay? And I put it in everything. I, I'm talking everything. I use it to cook. Uh, if I'm making a soup, I put it in there. But the uh, new product, the Cajun Spice and the Seasoned Salt, uh, they're great, man. If you haven't gotten yourself uh, a bottle of each, what the hell are you waiting for? Just go to southerngourmetspice.com. Make sure you tell them Billy C. sent you uh, for that because uh, you won't regret it. I promise. Hey, if you regret it and you don't think it's the best, email me and uh, I'll cover your cost. How about that? Just email me. If you buy it and prove that you got it and you don't like it, Drop me an email, Billy at TalkinBoxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G uh, dot com. Uh, um, you know, uh, I see what Dax is saying a, a little bit. I, You know, I, I kind of am trying to look at it in, in a different way. Uh, and what I mean by that is, is I'm, I'm trying to see now, um, you know, what the deal is with Tiafimo Lopez. Are they improving you know, they just made it to another level. And the level that they have now uh, is, uh, is you know, uh, uh, approaching elite. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know if I should go that far yet, but uh, uh, approaching elite. And uh, right now, uh, we're going to go to uh, my man Alex. But first, I, I want to point out this. The title bout championship computer game. Uh, which is synonymous to Alex Papali uh, when uh, we do our blast from the past, uh, is available right now. You can get a copy by visiting our website, www.billycboxing.com, and click on the Title Bout Championship computer game. Download yourself a copy today uh, and uh, put Lopez up against Roberto Duran as a lightweight. See how he goes. Uh, but in any event, joining us right now, the clean shaven that you can't see, but I can see, uh, my man uh, Alex Papali. Welcome back, Alex. Welcome back, Billy C. Good morning to you. How are you? I'm doing well. You're looking great, my man. I got, I got, I got to tell you, you keep up the good work because uh, you're almost unrecognizable. <laughs> you know, I kind of liked you with the Billy C. look when you had the mustache and uh, and stuff. You know, but. Uh, Anyway, Vasily Lomachenko falls to Tiafimo Lopez last night uh, in what I thought was a very entertaining fight. Um, I, you know, I scored the fight. I don't know if you heard earlier, but I scored the fight 115-113 in favor of Lopez. 
Um, I actually gave Tiafimo Lopez rounds one through six and the twelfth round, uh, but I gave Lomachenko seven, eight, nine, ten, and eleven. Uh, I just felt Lomachenko waited a little too long to to open up the floodgates, and I thought the right man won. I agree with you. The right man definitely won, and I thought it was uh, decisive, or at least as um, I, I thought the fight was sort of on the table uh, in the in the 12th round, and uh, Lopez uh, won that 12th resoundingly. Um, Did that surprise I, you? Did that surprise you that Lomachenko let that happen? Um, well, I think that he, um, I don't know. I, I think Lope, it was Lopez's night, no doubt about it. And I think that, um, I'm not, sh I think he tried to, he tried to surge. That's for sure. Uh, and I think at one point Andre Ward or Tim Bradley, one of them said that it looks like he's going for a knockout. He doesn't care about the cards. And I kind of agree with that too, because if anything, I think that's one of the things that maybe he, why he waited too long. Um, I think also the layoff was a factor, but there's no doubt about it from the opening bell. Uh, and this is why it's so fun to be wrong in this sport, Billy C, because you get to see something uh, beautiful like that. To me, it reminded me of when um, uh, Diego Corrales uh, came out and outboxed uh, Joel Casamayor. Uh, it, it's when a guy fights against type, you know, and I think that... Um, the fact that he's a puncher, or at least that's the uh, the mindset we everybody had going, the conventional wisdom about um, uh, Lopez was that he's going to come out really aggressively and just brawl him early. He didn't. He came out and boxed him, but it was a pressure boxing. Um, and even though that the thing that was interesting, um, I wonder how the fan, if that was a crowded arena. Um, how they would have reacted because those first six rounds were kind of dull. I can't remember watching a fight that had that little landed punches, but I was that riveted to what was going on because there was a lot to notice. Um, but I'm not sure if that was an arena full of people, if uh, sort of the unwashed masses, masses, if you will, would have been patient enough with it because um that was high-level boxing, and I think sometimes we use the phrase high-level boxing to uh, define something where not a lot of punches are being landed. <laughs> well, you know, for, first of all, you know, I, you, what you allude to about all of us, you know, being the best thing is being wrong sometimes, I, I think that shows, uh, you know, everybody thought Lopez was going to come out swinging. It, it reminded me a little bit of the, uh, you know, Fury Wilder second fight when, you know, Fury yeah. was saying that he was going to come out swinging and everyone said, yeah, yeah, right, you know, okay. And then he did, you know. So um, That's a really I, good point. Yeah. I think the two big performances of the year, of this bizarro year, were when guys came out and did the unexpected. Yeah, that's a really good point. They did what they said they were going to do. That's yeah. the unexpected. You know, I mean, that's one of the things that bother me the most in this sport is, you know, the smack talk. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I get you in the ring. I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you that. And then you get none of that, you know, and, and I can't stand it. I think it's it's a sham, you know, and the and the people that buy it. It's like Floyd Mayweather. Every time he said, I'm, I'm going for the knockout, I'm going for the kill, I'm going to, and people actually believed him. It's like, eh, no, he don't do that, you know. But Teofimo Lopez, I thought, 
fought a smart fight. Uh, you know, I really believe that Lomachenko um, gave the fight away. And he gave it away because they are so precise. And, and, and this is where you have to, uh, Papachenko or Papa Loma, whatever they call him, needs to take some blame. And I'll tell you why. They're so precise. They're the Bill Belichick team of, of boxing, okay? They, they, they design a fight plan, and they follow it. Like in football, uh, you might have a, an offensive guy, not on the Jets or anything, but an offensive guy that knows what he's doing, and they say, listen, we have a play. Uh, this, this play is designed to gain five yards, or, or it's designed to gain, you know, eight yards. It's third and seven. This play is designed to get eight yards, and they're mad when it only gains seven. You know, that's not how we wrote it up. That's not how we designed it. Well, that's the way Team Lomachenko is. Team Lomachenko is so precise. They develop a game plan, and they, they want to follow it to the T. Well, it backfired for them last night, Alex, because they waited too long, and they dis. Uh, they basically, uh, you know, discredited Lopez and thought, they, they miscalculated. They thought that Lopez was going to do just like you suggest, that he was going to come out and he was going to shoot his load, so to speak, and he was going to run out of gas, and the second half of the fight was going to be Lomachenko's because, uh, you know, he he, he trains uh, like that. He trains for, for being able to handle it. And I do believe that, that Lopez did run out of gas a little bit. And as a matter of fact, the 10th and 11th rounds, when, you know, the commentating team were making statements like, you know, Lomachenko's going for the knockout, um, it did look like Lopez was running out of gas. But then his second wind came to him in that 12th and final round when he needed it the most. And boy, did it, did it come out. So I think that a lot of the fight, uh, some of the blame has to go on the game plan for Lomachenko, and the credit has to go to the game plan of Lopez. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. And I think that that's the thing that um, was so impressive about, or at least on my card, um, and I think I think we had very similar cards. Yeah, what'd you I score? Had, what'd you score? I had it 115-113 or 7-5 for Teofimo uh, right. Lopez. Right. And the uh, I think we had the same rounds. I gave Lomachenko the 2nd, the 8th, the ninth, the 10th, and the 11th. I think the only one we might have differed on was on the 2nd. 2nd, uh, yeah. See, now, I, on my notes, I, I did put close. But the 2nd was very, very close. And I thought as the rounds went on, I was like, well, maybe I, maybe I kind of gave that was too generous to him in that round. But um, but but Alex, Alex, the way the commentating team spoke about giving him the second round was like it was a layup round. It was right. like well, a layup yeah. round for for Lomachenko, and it wasn't. It was a close round. He landed three punches in that round. If you recall, there were three solid shots that he landed, and this is what aggravates the hell out of me about today's boxing so-called experts for three punches for three shots are you really going to tell me that all the aggressiveness that that uh Tiafimo Lopez showed in that round that he loses it because because uh Lomachenko happened to have landed three punches that's what it was it was three punches it was it was really three punches in a row if you want to call it a three punch combination you, you can but that's where the mentality is and then you start seeing all of the comments and social media and everything else. Everybody agrees with it. There, we, we've become a bunch of mice in a cage. We listen to what we're told. We do as what we say. I mean, it's so disheartening to, to see that. And quite frankly, 
I love Joe Tessitore and Timothy Bradley. Dre, not so much. I, I, you know, Dre, Dre. I mean, ever since, you know. Um, but, you know, and I know you like Mark Kriegel. I'm not crazy about him, you know. But the truth of the matter is I'm not so sure. You know, Joe Tessitore is a great uh, play-by-play slash blow-by-blow guy. He does, I mean, he's fantastic in college football, you know. But but he's a hype job. You know, the, the nuts and bolts of that conversation comes from Timothy Bradley, you know, because Timothy Bradley has been in the wars on the good end and on the bad end. You know, they put uh, uh, Andre Ward on this pedestal, which, I, you know, I still, I, I just still don't believe it. I, it's just they made you feel like you were an idiot if you didn't think that uh, that that Lomachenko won the second round. And I, I don't think I'm an idiot. And I gave that round to Lopez. No, you're not an idiot. And and I think that that's the thing that the danger, uh, you're right, in today's world is that we do, we react to everything in a really binary way. Um, and uh, it, it's either you agree or you disagree. And, oh, you're an idiot. If uh, depending, you could be an idiot on either side. Um, and uh, there's the thing that's beautiful about this sport is um, it's full of complexity and nuance. And sometimes two things are happening at the same exact time. So it's more uh, both and instead of either or. Well, maybe um, maybe that's what was happening when Julie Letterman was scoring her card. Maybe she was actually doing two things at the same time, like Dak suggested in an earlier fight in Europe. Maybe she was on her cell phone texting somebody. I don't know, because I don't know what fight she watched to give all of those rounds. I, I'm going to – you can't see it right now, but when you watch the replay, I'm going to put the scorecards up uh, again and, uh, you know, she scored every round, every round except for the 11th for, for, for Lopez. That's yeah, Julie yeah, Letterman. And, and That's ridiculous. To me, it didn't look like an 11-to-1 fight at all. The only thing I would say, and not so much to defend her, but uh, I think to me it wasn't remembering what her dad was like, and I don't mean to say that she's just like her dad, um, but uh, – her father, he always used to talk about how, you know, the five uh, um, points of scoring a fight, but that the emphasis needs to be on clean, effective punching. And if you do look at the punch stat, uh, Lopez um, outlanded him in almost in, a, in quite a few rounds. Now, granted, there's there's like the rounds where he was surging. Yeah, I don't know how she didn't see that. Um but uh, so I don't know. Uh, everybody could have a bad night. I didn't think it looked like. Uh, I mean, that's a that's an eleven round to one fight. It never looked like that to me. It was Ever. a seven rounds to five fight, and 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 it came down to really a a one round fight because uh, if Lomachenko scored a knockdown in that final round, he wins. If he if uh, he wins if he if he wins the round, it's a draw. Right. Exactly, and I had the same as you. You know, I, 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 I can't. And, and, and as as much as I want to say the fight was on the table in that last round, I don't want to suggest that uh, Lopez squeaked it out because no way did he squeak squeak it out. He won, and he deserved one. In this day and age, in twelve round in the twelve round fight age, seven to five wins is a decisive win. Let me tell you that first of all. Let me make one point. The punch stats, I, I don't go by them. They're great to talk about today, but, you know, they're subjective. They're, they're, they're being done by two guys that each have a laptop, and they're scoring it. So for, for all of us to, 
to look at those as as you know fact it's not it's a subjective uh conversation piece um now as far as the fight goes in that 12th round listen it boiled down to that 12th round i was shocked i'll be i'll admit i was shocked that lomachenko didn't win that round I thought for sure that he was going to win that round and that this fight would be a draw. That's what it should have been. Looking at these scorecards, even if he wins that round, I don't think he wins this fight. I think Lopez ends up with a majority decision based on these scorecards that we're, that we're witnessing. Um, but on my scorecard, uh, Lomachenko, I thought for sure was going to win that 12th round and, and it was going to be a draw. And we'd start talking about that. But to Lopez's credit, he came out and got the job done. He got yeah, a second beautiful. win, and he kept Lomachenko backpedaling, which is very rare and hard to do. You know, you had, whereas Lomachenko has a tendency to make his opponent think too much, I think Lopez had Lomachenko thinking too much. And, oh, I, 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 and, and I think that, you know, anybody that doesn't want to give Lopez the credit really doesn't know the sport because nobody was was anybody that asked me uh even though i've been kind of laying low lately but anybody that asked me who i thought was going to win this fight i love lopez but i picked lomachenko um it was kind of a pleasant surprise for me because i do like uh, lopez um and i thought uh, i thought that he fought a smart fight and i just think that lomachenko's game plan they dragged it on too much. If he poured it on uh, after the fourth round, like like you know he normally does, or even after the fifth, maybe we're having a different conversation right now. But uh, but he waited too long. Yeah, and I well, and I think I think Lopez um, blunted any offense offensive surge he hoped to have in that twelfth, because I think what you saw in the like the ninth, tenth, eleventh was 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 damn impressive i thought because lomachenko there i still think like you said earlier that he definitely deserves um pound for pound consideration absolutely i thought of him as the pound for pound number one even though i know that you know uh you could say crawford's body of work uh is uh more fleshed out i like a guy who does supernatural stuff every time you see him and um uh that was lomachenko last night he never became well the only times he was supernatural and it was supernatural ish was in that ninth, 10th and 11th round when he was surging but and that's really amazing because he's able to get close and fold punches one over the other in, with such speed um and accuracy thing, like you said that um, uh, Lopez was never rattled by it. And if anything, uh, Lomachenko was the one like, how do I deal with all this incoming? And I think that's a great lesson for uh, young fighters out there is we're, we're living in this age of guys who uh, are really good counter punchers. The way you beat them is overwhelm the offense. That's the way, I mean, if you have a really good missile defense system, the way you beat it, fire in a lot of missiles. Um, and that's what uh, Lopez was doing all night long. The other thing that was amazing was Lopez, I mean, Lomachenko could never um, really make a move around him um, like he had done with other people. And I think some of that is the size, but just playing the the 
uh, fast. At one point, I think Ward mentioned this. There was that the boxing is all reflexes and that really fast twitch um, muscle uh, reaction that Lopez has. Uh, you know, it's youth. Uh, this is a young man, a, a young woman's game. And uh, we saw that last night. Um, I, I don't know. I, I would love to see a rematch. I thought the interviews afterwards were interesting. And I, and I think like Dak said, uh, Lopez, it was a really feel-good interview. He was grateful. Uh, as much as there was trash talk from him, and I think that can turn off some people, um, he was completely gracious. And it did seem like maybe that was part of the hyping of the fight. Um, but don't be don't if there is a rematch, he'll go right back into that mode because that is a hyper competitive guy. And I and I think it's fascinating how especially, you know, Billy C, how we love the history of this sport. Father son uh, trainer fighter relationship traditionally are, are, are kind of volatile. We're living in an age really where there's a lot of really effective ones. Um, and uh, these guys, I, I don't know, I think it's a beautiful thing him and his dad have because they're very similar. They're both fiery, vocal guys, but uh, you could tell they, they have like such a, a, a camaraderie. And that uh, whole incident in that hotel uh, of the father, you know, challenging Lomachenko, maybe that did have a, a, an, an effect on, you know, at least getting this fight made. I tell you, uh, I, you know, you know, my one of my favorite uh, stories, boxing stories, is uh, called A Piece of Steak. And it's basically the classic youth versus young and how, uh, I mean, youth versus age and, and, and experience. And youth will always prevail. I think last night was a great example of that. Not only did Lopez have a youth advantage, and I'm not suggesting that Lomachenko is some old washed-up fighter, but he still is in his 30s, you know, and... Uh, uh, he also had the size advantage. You know, I give Lomachenko a lot of credit. I give Lopez a lot of credit for them both fighting each other uh, because in this day and age, we see a lot of smack talk between fighters that say they want to fight and they never make it happen because it might be too risky. I don't like all the fights that are out there. The, to me, they're, they're a lot of the fights that we are, are forced to watch aren't competitive. They're nothing like what we watched last night. We could, you know, dissect it and... Say Lomachenko fought the the wrong game plan. Lopez fought the right one. You know we we could dissect it for for the next two weeks. But at the end of the day, uh, it was an exciting fight. I agree with you that the first half of the fight was boring, but it made you forget that uh, once the second half of the fight came on. Um, you know, oh, and, yeah, absolutely. and and as father son, I mean, in recent times, you know, the Mosleys, uh, Danny Garcia, Lomachenko, Lopez. Now, you know, what's that? Calzaghi, your favorite. Who who did, was he a fighter? Uh, was he was, was he was he a real fighter? Too? What what was that? How, how do you pronounce that? Was was uh, he wasn't he that light punched uh, who never fought anybody? Wasn't that that fighter? Oh okay okay all right. Um, but uh, but anyway, um, I, you know I, I think that that this is the kind of stuff. And to be on ESPN was was even was even better. You know uh, Russell Mora. You know, I, I, I was saying to myself, that looks like Russell Mora behind that mask. And sure enough, it was. And uh, he was uh, kind of added a limelight. Usually he's uh, uh, in the way. And I thought he did a good job. I, you know, for, with the exception of the, uh, the score, the, the judges, I thought, I thought everything was, was pretty good. Well, uh, you know, uh, not to harp on the negative, but I'm going to. 
Um, Russell Mora, I thought, you know, God bless him. I think he is one of the best referees in the game. But I think that, yes, uh, the thing about this sport that's so uh, one of the things I don't know that I love about it is that you always almost even when it's not pretty, you get the truth. Um, And, uh, you know, there's been a couple of times and and, uh, Joe Tessitore even brought them up. Uh, you know, uh, Russell Mora's bad nights. Um, and uh, they showed Russell Mora had, uh, you know, practiced um, all different scenarios. Uh, and I really did um, appreciate that uh, from him the, at, a, at a guy who's trying um, and, and uh, sharpening himself to be as best, be as good as he can at his game. The thing that was interesting is that it almost all came apart because. I'm not sure if he was right or wrong in that in those last few seconds. I mean, Tim Bradley, I think, certainly did think he overreacted to stopping the fight and checking that grisly cut that now Lopez is going to have to wait for to heal. But um, it did sort of make the ending a little anticlimactic because, you know, there was like 15 seconds to go. Uh, I don't think the, you know, the the... It uh, didn't. That, it that, didn't. And I was and I was just gonna say, Timothy Bradley said, What? What? Didn't he hear the clack, clack, yeah. clack? You know, and, and no, he didn't. Started again, they they clicked it. Right, so. but but Timothy Bradley made a big point about didn't he hear the clack clack clack? And right. I'm saying no, because the clack 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 didn't happen right. yet. It's like, you Tim, know, Tim, why did you hear it? <laughs> yeah, I know, because he he keeps hearing bells and all the time. But but well, I, that's one of the things I did want to say about the announcing. Uh, and I did tweet a couple of times. Uh, you know, I got outside of myself and and pointed the finger at at Joe Tessitore. I, I, I unlike you, Billy C, I have been watching a lot more sports. I think um, during this COVID because I can't. Uh, I, I am fascinated by what's it like to be playing in a, an empty place. And, and a friend of mine's really into the NFL, so we we watch football uh, together at times. And um, and I do think that uh, in every sport there are uh, announcers that are really annoying. Um, whether it's baseball, whether it's football, whether it's basketball, and sometimes it's it's. It's Joe Tessitore over there, too. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that uh, he he was a little, I don't know, There, it just was, we're so surrounded by ad speak. We've been drunk on it in this country, you know, since the 20s and uh, 100 years. Um, and it's like we're, we're already watching. You could put down the hard sell. Um, there were so many times. It's like how many times are you going to tell us how big this event is? Um, it's like, yeah. And, and I think that was the other thing too, with, the the Berlanga's knockout streak, um, that was a little bit, I thought much ado about nothing. Um, you know, it's way too early to, uh, to, to make it seem like that kid is, um, you know, the next world beater. Listen, you know, one of the reasons you'll never, most likely never see me, on any kind of ESPN network or anything like that is because I'm not a corporate. I'm not corporate. These guys are, are being told to to you know promote this side and that side um, because that's who's paying for it or whatever. And and you know it's hard to hide these days when when you're watching something and you're hearing somebody else. That's what bothers me about a lot of today's 
specifically boxing fans, because they don't know and they do listen and they do repeat what they what they hear here from a from a commentator who may just be going through the motions a lot of times. And, and you know, I, I, I'm guilty of it myself, you know, calling a live event where I'm sitting I'm leaning, I'm putting my scotch on the apron. <clears throat> no, no, no. I mean, I'm putting my water bottle on the apron. I mean, I'm that close. And and I'm watching the fight on my screen that's in front of me, okay? And a lot of these guys do the same thing. You know, the fight's happening right there, and yet their eyes are looking at a screen. And, you know, are we really getting their honest opinion, or is there a, a, a reminder being flashed up on the screen that they... They have to uh, mention, you know, and, and sell, I, you sell, know, you're right, right. Sell, sell. We're, we're behind, you know, you know, but let me let me ask you one thing before we let you go. Um, is there going to be a rematch? And 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 if there is, how, how do you see it going? Um, I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch. I think the only thing that I thought was a little distasteful uh, of the whole evening um, was. Uh, but I, I and I don't I, I I wasn't surprised by it. If anything, I, I was I was sort of uh, glad to see he hadn't given up that arrogance. Was that Lomachenko was not giving Lopez any credit at all? Uh, he said, um, you know, he thought it was a close. Uh, he thought he won, and uh, he thought that you know he didn't want to say anything until he watched the fight. Uh, you know, at least that's what I gathered from uh, the Russian, <laughs> even though I don't speak it. You know, that's what the interpreter said, uh, Klimas. Um, I do think that uh, a rematch would be interesting um, because I do see it possibly going differently because uh, Lomachenko, you know, the layoff, I think, did affect him. And because this was so close, uh, you think, well, maybe it could be very different. However, that was the case, like you said, like you brought up earlier, that was the case with um, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. And I think what one of the things that happens a lot in rematches, the most thing, the thing that the guy that won the first time wins more convincingly the second. Um, and I think, if anything, now Teofimo's Lopez's uh, confidence is soaring. Um, I think that was the thing that was most palpable in the interview that Lomachenko did was that he felt this loss uh, a lot more than the Salido loss. Uh, I think that, that there was an arrogance. There is an arrogance to Lomachenko. If you're a great fighter, I, I think that kind of goes with the package. Uh, I'm okay with that. Um, but, uh, and I think when that happens, when that's cracked, uh, yeah, sometimes that's like Humpty Dumpty, and these guys don't they 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 don't get it back together. I think we will see him back, but um, I don't know if we get a rematch. I think, like Dak said, there's a lot of things that um, uh, Lopez is a big guy, and he's young. He can grow easily into 140, I think. And there's as we saw, there's a lot that can happen at 140, even if you don't mention uh, those top three guys. Um, uh, of, uh, of, you know, Taylor Ramirez and Progre, the Zapata Baranchek. Uh, we could do a show about that fight, Billy C. You know, the the thing is, is I, I, I do, I hope, I don't know if I want a rematch or, or not. I, I, I my, Initially, I'd say, yeah, I hope there's a rematch. But, you know, I, I think the size and the youth, uh, like Jack London's piece of steak, uh, 
you know, uh, made a big difference. And in a rematch, I mean, truthfully, I can only see one of two things happening. Um, either uh, either Lomachenko steps on the gas earlier um, and, and wins a decision, or he steps on the gas earlier and Lopez catches him and stops him. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't know if uh, Lomachenko, I mean, I feel that he stunned Lopez a couple of times, but not enough to where he was hurt. Same thing with, with Lopez and Lomachenko. But I think that the only reason why he didn't get seriously hurt, and that is Lomachenko, is because of his footwork. You know, yeah. he's, he's moving out slightly, and Lopez caught him. Uh, but just not quite flush enough. Now, maybe another fight, another six months, another year down the road, uh, maybe that, that that movement slows down just a smidgen and Lopez catches him. I, if I'm Team Lomachenko, I use this as a wake-up call and I say to myself, if I'm continuing my career, which I think they will, um, I'm in the wrong weight class. He needs to go back down. Uh, he his his he's lost his power in this weight class. Lightweight, one thirty five is too big for him. Junior lightweight, if he wants to go one thirty or uh, back to one twenty six, um, maybe that's a, a smarter move for him. He's at an age where I, I think that he can get back to the weight without a problem. And I agree with you. Lopez is only going to be uh, able to move up in weight, and he's a big guy. He's got the height. He's got the the build. Um, uh, you know, and like Dak suggested, he, he does need to tighten up his game a little bit, maybe defense, because um, as he gets older, those reflexes are going to slow just just a little bit, and uh, that's when he'll uh, he'll get caught. But I, you know what? I, I like both fighters, and I wish them both well. But in my opinion, the right man won. Uh, I had the same score as you, uh, relatively the same rounds as you. But, uh, um, again, I... A unanimous decision, ah, uh, you know, 115-113 is the score. I, I Even though I, I mean, just because I scored it that way and you scored it that way and even Dak scored it that way, that doesn't, you know, mean it's 100%. But in this case, I do think that that was the score. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I, I do think that sometimes, uh, you know, you do have a fight that comes down to the last round. And I think last night that's what we saw. Now, uh, the official judges, that was not the case. Uh, they all thought Lopez had already won it um, because I don't think the fight was, um, yeah, even the 116-112 is, is a wide enough margin, right? Yeah, that's eight rounds to four. So, um, yeah, so I uh, we saw it a little closer than the officials. I think that uh, one of the things also I will mention is that um, er, in the early in the evening when they kept showing, you know, when they were talking and talking, and they uh, showed you know clips from the locker room, um, you know, and Lopez's uh, young uh, wife was there with him, and it was this cute little moment where. Lopez was so relaxed. He was like singing and dancing. And I don't know if they had, they must have had us, you, you weren't getting sound from the dressing room. You were hearing uh, the commentators. So they must have had uh, music playing. And Lopez starts dancing and then she starts dancing. And then she caught herself on the monitor and got really embarrassed. Um, and it just was, and I think, you know, Twitter reacted to it. And there were a couple of people out there saying, you know, uh, there's no place for love in the dressing room. But I don't know. I think that one of the things we saw 
is that um, last night is that a lot of our preconceived notions got shattered. Um, Lopez is the kind of guy who um, can go from having being very relaxed and dancing and joking and then switch it on and get into that hyper focus competitive um, you know hurt mode uh, that he needed and I think they were mighty opposites because then when they showed Lomachenko in the dressing he's there reading scripture um, so I do think that uh, that was fascinating to me um, I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch, but you're right. I think if anybody, for the old Max Kellerman thing, uh, who probably feels worse, or at least an ad adaptation of that Kellerman thing, who feels worse this morning? I think it's probably Lomachenko. Um, because, yeah, the body punches alone, I bet you his ribs are hurting. Um, because I think it was, the power definitely, it was interesting because I don't think the boxing would have been, wouldn't, would have been quite as effective without the threat of that incredible bone-crushing power because that's why Lope, uh, Lomachenko could never stand in there as, as long as he wanted to. All I'm going to say is if I was married to Mrs. Lopez, I'd be dancing around myself. So, uh, you know, and I think Lomachenko might have been too. But uh, in any event, Alex, it's great to have you back and I uh, look forward to next time. And uh, I'll be talking to you soon, brother. Great to be back, Billy C. Great to hear your voice. Peace, man. All right. Take it easy. That's my man, uh, Alex Papali, uh, doing a great job as usual. And I want to thank both uh, Alex uh, and Dax uh, for uh, uh, being supportive uh, of the show and, uh, and coming on back. And uh, Listen, the last part of the show here, I'm just going to go over some things real quick. I, I want to, not only do I want to, Make sure you guys buy my book, Tom Molino, which if you haven't read it now, what the hell are you waiting for? There's another new book out. Uh, this is Al, um, Adam Pollock's book. Um, he's been doing a series, uh, In the Ring series. He's, he basically chronicled uh, the heavyweight championship starting with John L. Sullivan. And his latest is uh, Jack Dempsey. Uh, I just started reading it. What a great read. Listen, I, l let me just tell you. Any of the books in Adam Pollock's uh, collection uh, in the ring are, are worth the, the, the read. Um, I, I will tell you this. They're chock full of facts, just facts. You know, like, in other words, um, newspaper clippings and, and stuff. And it's just a no-nonsense approach uh, to these guys. And the most recent one is Jack Dempsey uh, and, and their rise uh, to, uh, to championship. And um, I highly recommend it. Uh, so uh, reach out to Adam Pollock, uh, get yourself a book, uh, and uh, make sure you tell him Billy C sent you. All right. The last uh, uh, things I want to mention real quickly uh, as we wrap it up is uh, a couple of announcements. Um, they made uh, the official announcement last night that on November 14th, uh, Terrence Crawford is taking on Kell Brook. I, I, I like the fight. I, you know, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. Um, Terrence Crawford, who's a, who's a loyal, extremely loyal guy uh, to top rank. Uh, maybe it's just a contract. I don't freaking know. But the truth of the matter is, is uh, top rank hasn't done much for him, in my opinion. Um, you know, he should be more of a household name. I get into arguments with people all the time saying that he's never fought anybody and all of this stuff. Um, 
Terrence Crawford is is one of those guys that needs to fight uh, some top fighters. And I'm not saying Kell Brook isn't a top fighter, and I'm not suggesting uh, for a minute he has not fought top fighters. It's just that that blockbuster, uh, huge fight is, has eluded him. And, uh, you know, Errol Spence, you know, we want to see him fight Errol Spence. Um, you know, Kell Brook, great fighter. Um, and, and the thing is, is, is Crawford isn't, you know, he's aging too. You know, uh, we need the fights. The fighters have to fight, okay? All this bullshit that's going on with everybody talking smack and doing this and doing that. I'm going to friggin' do this. I'm going to knock this guy out. It's, it's bullshit, okay? The truth of the matter is, is the best should fight the best. End of story. The, the, the young fighters should be tested. They should fight. They, the best will rise to the top, and those two guys fight each other. End of story. I mean, uh, people say, oh, what do you think of the Charlo brothers? I think the Charlo brothers are both frauds. The only thing that they got going for them is that they're twins. They're, you know, I, I, I can't stand when people try to tell me that they think they're talented. They're not. I will give them both credit for wins in their last fights, uh, both against a decent opposition. But the Charlo brothers, they're a joke in my opinion. They're all, they're built up. Most of the PBC fighters are jokes. They never really fight tough fights. Um, and, and it's sad. I got an email. Now, I got tons of emails during our hiatus. And I want to thank everybody. Uh, you know, I got stacks of them here. Uh, but, you know, I, and I don't have uh, a chance to read them all. But people like, uh, I, I got a bunch right here. You know, like Rick and, and my man Jeff and and uh, uh, we got um, Joe and Matt and and uh, Benjamin and uh, Alex and and uh, James and uh, Alexander and uh, uh, Joseph and and Jeffrey and um, uh, who's this other one? George. I mean, all, all these guys, and, and I, these are just the ones that we got in the last week. Um, I, I, thank you for, for all of the emails, uh, you know, asking us when we're going to come back and uh, telling me how much they missed the show and all of these things. Um, I, I had a hard time. I, I feel great doing the show. Um, I had a hard time coming back. I explained the reasons at the beginning of this show. And uh, hopefully we can uh, move forward and uh, continue uh, on. We, I will tell you this. There has been a couple of changes with the show. We are still available on YouTube. We are still available through Facebook. And most importantly, we're available through podcast. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm taking a back uh, step. Uh, we, we still have television uh, networks we're on. Uh, so we're cool there. Um, radio stations. Ah, I, I still have several that were on uh but I, I i broke a lot of the contracts i i walked away we were on 33 actually we were down to 28 um but uh uh we're not on the radio dial as much anymore um because we don't need to be uh so i'm always open for your suggestion i'm always open for emails uh feel free to drop me an email billy at talking boxing t-a-l-k-i-n-b-o-x-i-n-g.com i got one last night from my man jeff from uh, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. He says, uh, Billy, firstly, Lopez won and performed very well. The scores were ridiculous, uh, but the right fighter won. I agree with Jeff 100% there. He says, uh, Lomachenko waited too long, uh, but it was the plan to take the fight into the later rounds. He lost those rounds, but Lopez wasn't exactly landing at a high rate either. Um, 
He wasn't, but he was doing enough to win those early rounds. And Lomachenko, they waited too long. They underestimated Lopez. That's what I've been saying all all morning long. He says Lopez says after the fight that he let uh, Lomachenko come in. No way. Uh, come on, I'm sorry, no way. He says Lomo began to find his range and connected with far better shots than Lopez had in, in the early rounds. The other thing I noticed about um, what the reactions of Lopez after Lomachenko was landing the punches is it kind of froze him a bit. Um, when Lomachenko was letting his hands go, Lopez really wasn't firing back, not until he took control of that 12th round. He tried to uh, to open up and and fight back, but the speed and accuracy of Lomachenko uh, kept him in check. I, I just believe Lomachenko should have turned that on sooner, and maybe we have a different result. Um, he says, uh, in, in, and I believe round 9 uh, or 10, Lopez was buzzed but weathered the storm. The clincher was round 12. He fought back hard, and buzzed Lomachenko both had some great shots. There was a round... And I do think that uh, you're right, Jeff. It was round nine or ten. I can't remember either. Where uh, Lopez was buzzed. He held on. As a matter of fact, uh, Russell Mora had to separate them. And he held on long enough uh, to, uh, to to survive that round. As a matter of fact, he got a second wind. Uh, Dax was uh, saying that he's got to learn more than just to hold on. But it was very effective uh, against Lomachenko. Uh, so I agree with you there. He said, uh, the headbutt claim is total bull. Heads clashed, but both fighters were coming in. I agree. Um, never once did it look like Lomachenko purposely was heading. I mean, who wants a purposely uh, headbutt? Yeah, unless you're Bernard Hopkins. But uh, uh, he says, uh, Lomachenko lost fair and square, but this was Lopez's toughest battle, and he was much bigger than Lomo at 135. I agree. He says, uh, for the second half, I still can't stand Lopez's father. Uh, be honest, ended up a tough fight for, for both. Uh, you and Dax uh, agree, so thanks for the email, and please uh, keep them coming, uh, everybody. A um, couple of things. Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, um, the third fight, uh, according to uh, uh, Bob Arum, it will not be taking place December 19th, uh, so we'll see what's uh, going on with that. Um there's uh, some football games they're conflicting with. Uh, Team Wilder has stated that they're training and that they're ready. They'll fight him anywhere, anytime. I, I don't know. Um, you know, and then to, to suggest back in the middle of this month, Floyd Mayweather says, oh, the only way he's going to win is if I train him. Uh, he says, I need to teach Wilder how to win again. Uh, he also said Tyson Fury's solid. He's got skills. Um he goes, but Deontay Wilder's got bombs. We can make him better. Uh, I'm here to help fighters, even a guy like Wilder. I'm here. All he's got to do is let me know when he wants that. You know what? Who cares about Mayweather? Uh, his time has come, and uh, at the end of the day, his uh, spot in history, I don't care uh, if he gets into the Hall of Fame or not, uh, people are going to expose him for what he was, uh, a, a ducker. Um, Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr., uh, that fight is uh, still on target. Now it's uh, November 28th. Uh, AJ, Anthony Joshua, Cuba Pulov. Uh, December 12th is when that fight is uh, supposed to take place. I don't know if you heard, but uh, Bob Arum claims that uh, he believes that uh, Pulev is going to knock uh, Anthony Joshua out. We'll see. Um, the Errol Spence-Danny Garcia fight has been moved back to December 5th. 
another good one. You know, I'm just uh, touching base on all these fights that I feel are going to be good. Uh, Dillian White, Alexander Povetkin. The rematch is set for the uh, end of Octo- uh, November, November 21st. Uh, as far as uh, I know, that's still on. Um, can't you can't you can't write off Povetkin. Uh, Jamie Mugaya to fight Torino Johnson at the end of this month. That fight's still on. Let me tell you, I love this fight. I love this fight. Jamie Mugaya. Remember, Jamie Mugaya, that spineless piece of garbage, Bob Bennett, wouldn't let fight because he didn't have enough experience. Remember, he wouldn't let him fight Triple G, but yet he let uh, McGregor fight Mayweather. You know, that spineless, gutless piece of garbage, Bob Bennett from from Vegas. What a piece of shit. And uh, the truth of the matter is, is that Torino Johnson's a tough son of a gun, and uh, I like this fight. Uh, I think uh, uh, it's going to be a good one. It's in the middleweight division, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, Chisora taking on uh, Usyk uh, at the end of October as well, and um, uh, a couple other fights. Uh, Inui is uh, the monster is taking on Jason Maloney. Uh, that's taking place October 31st, and on the same day. Um, Tank Davis is taking on Leo Santa Cruz. Now, I love the fight. I, I'm, a, I'm a Tank Davis fan, and, I'm a, and I love Leo Santa Cruz. Here's my problem. They're with the PBC, and the PBC, who everybody said was saving boxing because they brought us free fights on TV. No more. Now they're bringing everything's pay-per-view. How do you think that that's going to compare... Uh, against the Inui fight and some other fights I just mentioned that were on October 31st on easy-to-get uh, networks versus a pay-per-view for Tank Davis, Leo Santa Cruz. Um, you know, greed is a factor. Everybody thought that Al Heyman was going to save everything, right? He's going to save the sport. He's going to help us. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. He didn't do none of that, all right? He's in it for himself. Anybody that thought that he was in it, just for the sport of boxing and the fighters, because that's what the people used to tell me, you know. And I'm like, yeah, right. Guy's in it to make money. He wouldn't be doing it if he wasn't in for money. So, anyway, uh, in closing, don't forget about uh, my book. Get yourself a copy right now. You can uh, uh, get it on Amazon or just click the uh, book uh, lo- uh, logo up on uh, our website, Billy C. Boxing, uh, Southern Gourmet Spice. Uh, check it out, SouthernGourmetSpice.com. Uh, get yourself a bottle of each right now. And uh, the Title Bout Championship computer game. And don't forget about uh, Adam Pollock's new book about uh, Jack Dempsey. Listen, it was great coming back. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I know we were a little rusty, uh, but it's been almost five months, I think. Um, the whole COVID thing uh, kept us down, or kept me down mentally. Uh, just got pissed off at uh, the way the world has changed. But uh, uh, it is what it is, and uh, I-, I hope to be back. Uh, soon we are uh, uh, returning with, uh, you know, post-fight shows on, on the bigger fights. And uh, don't forget, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to drop me an email, billy at talkinboxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. And I will certainly uh, read your uh, comment or concern on air unless you don't want me to. If you're just asking uh, for my opinion on something and you don't want it read on air and you just want to, uh, get it through uh, email, uh, feel free, and, and I'll do it. Hey, listen, special thanks to uh, Alex and Dax uh, for joining us uh, today and every time because since they're part of the team. But uh, in any event, just want to say uh, 
Glad to be back. And don't forget, tune in next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, ciao, baby. <laughs>